Hi, welcome to the Covenant Presbyterian Church podcast, a weekly broadcast of our Sunday sermon. I am Lee Campbell-Taylor, the interim pastor here, and Covenant Presbyterian Church is an open, affirming congregation, and we're so glad you found us. Our primary mission is to equip God's people to serve Christ in the world. In our weekly messages, we hope that you'll find inspiration, encouragement, and even challenge for your faith journey. Please listen with us now. That ancient story of how persistence was an attribute of Jacob's relationship with God is today coupled with this reading from the Gospel of Luke. This is chapter 18, beginning with the first verse. Then Jesus told them a parable about their need to pray always and to not lose heart. He said, in a certain city there was a judge who neither feared God nor had respect for people. In that city there was a widow who kept coming to him and saying, grant me justice against my opponent. Now for a while the judge refused. But later he said to himself, although I have no fear of God and no respect for anyone, Yet because this widow keeps bothering me, I will grant her justice so that she won't wear me out by continually coming at me. And then Jesus said, listen to what the unjust judge says, and will not God grant justice to God's chosen ones who cry to God day and night? Will God delay long in helping them? I tell you, God will quickly grant justice to them. And yet... When the son of humanity comes, will he find faith on earth? This is the word of God for the people of God. Thanks be to God. Okay, so Jacob's persistence, his refusal to give up or give in, his declaration, I will not let you go until you bless me, that persistence wins for Jacob a new name and a divine blessing. And the widow's persistence Her refusal to be ignored or dismissed, her daily dogged persistence eventually wins for her the justice that she she seeks from the unjust judge. All of which makes me nervous that these texts could be misunderstood as promoting some transactional expectation of faith. If you pester God long enough, you'll get what you want. Ick. Or perhaps even worse, as we launch the stewardship campaign for next year, if you give money, God will give you what you want. Now, of course, we know better than that. We've all had times when persistent giving and persistent praying in matters small and matters great has not yielded the outcome we so fervently persisted in seeking. It brings to my mind a scene from William Nicholson's Shadowlands, that play that was adapted into a movie starring Anthony Hopkins as C.S. Lewis, everyone's favorite theologian thanks to his Narnia books. Shadowlands is based on the true story of Lewis grappling with the terminal cancer of his wife, Joy Davidman. And at one point, a well-intentioned friend of Lewis's says to him, I know how hard you've been praying. And now God may be answering your prayers. To which Lewis replies, that's not why I pray. I pray because I can't help myself. I pray because I'm helpless. 
I pray because the need flows out of me all the time, waking and sleeping. It doesn't change God. It changes me. And I think that may be closer to the truth of these two texts. The experience of being changed by an encounter with God is certainly the gist of the wrestling match that Kelly just read. Okay, so quick show of hands, online and in person. If you have ever felt like you were wrestling with God, would you raise your hand? Yep, the hands are going up even before I finish the question. (laughs) Isn't it nice to know you're not alone? There's a notion that prayer is nice and serene. The lighting is soft and there's quiet music in the background and the hands are folded and the blood pressure is low. And sometimes that is beautifully the case. But prayer is often not all nice and serene. It's far more like a wrestling match with God. A wrestling match in which we, not God, but we, like limping Jacob, like helpless C.S. Lewis, we are changed. Prayer isn't about whether or not we get what we want. It's about a life-giving, life-changing connection with God. (laughs) Presumably that's why God puts up with our wrestling and even wrestles back. I mean, God could just simply trounce us, but God doesn't trounce us or dismiss us or ignore us even though it sometimes feels that way. No, God loves us so much that God will wrestle with us. Even when we're not nice and serene, God is willing to meet us where we are. Jacob was a trickster, (laughs) and so God, when standard wrestling procedure didn't work, God pulled the trick of dislocating the guy's hip. You can almost hear Jacob muttering, I should have thought of that. And in the course of that wrestling, God's blessing is bestowed. The blessing of persistent relationship. After spending time with this morning's two texts, I'm wondering if that is a decent description of the life of faith. Persistent relationship. God and us persistently together. Together despite human sin, together despite human inability to comprehend the full plan that God has, together through life and through death, neither of which can separate us from the love of God. In this persistent relationship, God's persistent faithfulness toward us is demonstrated in the inarticulatable minutia of our lives, as well as in big stuff like creation and recreation like Jesus' life, death, and resurrection, like the coming of the Holy Spirit, and we believe, like the long-awaited return of Christ. But what about our persistent faith? Assuring the disciples that God is faithful, Jesus then presses them and us, asking, what about y'all? How are you doing when it comes to the need to pray always and not lose heart? Jesus says, because I plan to return, will I find faith on earth? So while these texts are certainly about persistence, this parable is more specifically and more deeply about faith. 
Luke was writing for a community of believers who were faltering. They'd expected that Jesus would return right away, that whatever hardship their faith might bring upon them, they'd soon be vindicated by their Savior's swift return and glory. They had, therefore, thought that they could get by on a faith that had little staying power. And Luke is saying, mmm, afraid not. Faith requires persistence. And so we hear about this tenacious widow. Widows were among the most vulnerable people in the entire ancient world. Both the Old and New Testaments tell of widows who seem especially near to the heart of God because they have no power and therefore they must rely exclusively upon God. And indeed, this widow's only power is her persistence. Every day, she has been sent away without the justice that she sought. And so every new day, she has to decide if she can, yet again, risk frustration, disappointment, humiliation. Surely, we can hear in this story the trust, the truth, that faith is not an experience of instant gratification, but of persistence, especially in challenging times. The Congregation of Covenant Presbyterian Church has been through some challenging times in the past couple of years, and yet you have persisted in faith persisted in witnessing to the inbreaking reign of God, persisting, persisted in demonstrating to the broader community that people of faith can actually focus on things that actually matter. Justice, peace, compassion. You've helped show how people of faith give of themselves, their time, their talent, their treasure, on behalf of God's earthly mission. And people have taken note of your persistent faith. Covenant has welcomed seven new members in the past 10 months. Covenant is in conversation with an array of gifted musicians, and Covenant has attracted a wonderful new pastor. Thanks be to God. So where does persistent faith lead you now? I pray it will lead you to be in worship regularly. This shared time is what forms us as a community of faith. I pray your persistent faith will lead you to participate beyond the worship hour, taking part in Sunday school, in mission projects, in caring for one another, in joining the choir, in volunteering to help with special events. And I pray your persistent faith will lead you to give generously, even sacrificially, to the work of this congregation. And I'm going to note here that committing to a pledge, as opposed to simply giving some money when it's convenient, committing to a pledge that is significant for you, that is very much a persistent faith kind of move. It puts you on record with yourself that you believe God will provide for you and yours, and you believe that God has invited you to participate in God's life beyond you and yours. A pledge persistently asserts that faithful belief. And finally, I pray that persistent faith will also lead you to, yes, prayer, that activity that changes us. The nice and serene sort of prayer that we sometimes experience, sure, 
and also the wrestling sort of prayer that gets on its feet, that finds its voice, that opens its wallet, that persistently advocates for justice. Pray always, Jesus says, and don't lose heart so that when I return, I will find faith on earth. There's that persistent relationship again. Did you hear it? God's relationship with us persists even into the ultimate future, Christ's return. And apparently, to this God who will return, our persistent faith matters because our prayers enlist us in that coming reign of God. I mean, that's what's going on when we pray, thy will be done on earth as it is in heaven. Or at least that's what can be going on if we pray with persistent faith that God's will really will be done on earth. In her book, Soul Feast, Marjorie Thompson offers this startling idea. Prayer is a participation in willing God's will. The prayers of committed people become part of the reality God works with. Dang. Rather than thinking of my prayers as being about what I want, I can see them as opportunities to participate in what God wants. When we pray, the blessing we receive is relationship with God. You get to be blessed by God as God changes you into who God intends you to be. So pray, church. Pray for your next pastor. Pray and notice how that changes your capacity to trust the rapidly approaching future. Pray for your stewardship campaign. Pray and notice how that changes your capacity to contribute significantly. Pray for people you don't know in Haiti. And pray for people in this congregation. Pray for your session. Notice how that changes your awareness of how you too have gifts that need to be put into active service. Pray for our choir members. Pray and notice how that changes your appreciation of their commitment to leading worship. Pray for our youth. Notice how that changes your capacity to relate to them meaningfully. And as I wrap things up here, I keep thinking about stories you've shared of persisting in prayer during the pandemic, during crises and tragedies in your life. Stories of how your wrestling matches with God have changed you. Stories of when you have known your prayers were participating in the coming reign of God. So keep those stories handy to share with Jamie Butcher and also with one another and even with yourself. I guess I could wish that Jesus had seen fit to explain to his disciples the mystery of unanswered prayer, but he never does. He just reminds us of the need to pray to not lose heart, to know that God is faithful, and to persist in faith day after day after day after day. So let us pray. God of persistence, wrestle with us. 
Bless us as you change us so that our faith becomes all the more persistent and our prayers become all the more useful to you as you work your will in this world that you so love. In Jesus' name we pray and all gathered say, Amen. Thanks for listening to the Covenant Presbyterian Church podcast. I invite you to visit our website, covpresatl.org. That's C-O-V-P-R-E-S-A-T-L.org. There you'll find current worship information, links to our live Sunday morning streaming service, and our full archive of recorded services. You'll also find out more about us and how to get in touch. I wish you well in these strange times. God is with us. Grace and peace to you.